are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Pastors Wade Lentz and Harold Smith are your hosts, and now let's get started. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I'm Wade Lentz, and I'm joined with my co-host and friend, Harold Smith. Harold, how you doing, man? Hadn't seen you in a while. I know, Wade. We've waited too long. We, we had a good podcast last time with uh, Pastor Mike Stone, and then we just yeah. kind of, I guess we just took a sabbatical of some We kind. did. I think that wore us out. <laughs> I know. You know? The, the whole state was blanketed with about a foot of snow, and, and that kind of hampered things, and um, there was just a lot going on, and it's it's fixing to get busy again. We're actually entering into um, what I call conference season. Uh-huh. Churches start having their spring conferences, and I know our church is having a Still Waters Conference. That's what we've titled it. It's a little ministry where we try to help struggling churches find a pastor. And then uh, next week, uh, there will be a conference in Stillwell, Oklahoma, at Indian Mission, and I'll be there. And then um, – the Saturday after next, which I believe is the 6th, I'll be preaching at a conference in Buffalo Valley, Oklahoma, on living in the last days. So, Well, that sounds like a, uh, a cowboy western church right there, Buffalo Valley. Buffalo Valley. Yeah, it's out <laughs> by Sardis Lake. <laughs> is Matt Dillon, Matt Dillon out there? <laughs> Gary Fitzpatrick <laughs> is the pastor there. Okay. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, if anybody be interested in coming to our conference, uh, Lee Creek Baptist Church in Van Buren, it will be this Saturday, February the 27th. It'll start at 9 o'clock. We'll have a couple of sermons. We'll serve a free barbecue lunch. And then in, at 12 o'clock, we'll have question and answer with the, with the preachers, and we'll dismiss about one. So funny thing is, I'm going to be attending all these extra church meetings outside of just Sundays and Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. And in Canada, there's a pastor sitting in jail for having a church meeting. Have you heard about this? I have. uh, Pastor James Coates, right, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. What what, what a disturbing situation going on. What's the latest on that? He is in solitary confinement, believe it or not. He's literally locked up like you would lock up a a pedophile or a mass murderer or a terrorist. He was arrested. um, Well, he turned himself in on February the 16th when he found out there was a warrant out for his arrest. And so he just went down to the jail and the police station said, Hey, here I am. And the charges against him were having um, too many people in his church. And in Canada, you're only allowed to have 15% of your space occupied. So, wow. If your church runs a hundred, you could only have fifteen people there, and that's crazy. It is crazy, and he was not wearing a mask while he was preaching. And the the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and the Health Department set in on his service and observed there were too many people there, and he wasn't wearing a mask, so they issued a a warrant for his arrest. Then they offered him to bail. They said, "Hey, look, you can bail out on these terms that you promise." to not hold any religious worship services. You promise not to set foot on the church property, including you're not allowed to go to your office or your study there in the church building. 
and you cease all pastoral duties. In other words, you're going to essentially say, I quit my job and calling as a pastor of the Lord's sheep. I'm no longer going to uh, set foot on the church property, and I'm not going to have any kind of religious worship service. Mm. And he said, you know, I can't do that. And right. uh, he said, I just, I know that in good conscience, I can't promise not to do that. So long and short of it, he's still in jail and he's going to be there till he has a hearing on whether he should stay in jail. And I think that's tomorrow. They've asked his wife, being in solitary confinement, he only gets like a 20-minute phone call every two or three days. Um, they, they, someone asked his wife, is there anything we can do for you, your husband, or your mm -hmm. church? And she said, open your church and attend it. And she said, if, if Christians will open their churches up and attend them, you know, they can't arrest us. Essentially what she's saying, they can't arrest us all. Right, right. And I... I of course, we've been open, and you've been open for a long time, and I know many churches in the states have, but many churches in the or many Christians in American churches have not been attending. Mm -hmm. And yes. it's real hard to not attend a church and then tell everybody that this pastor ought to be released for attending a church. Sure, sure. So, well, I God bless that pastor, and, and praise the Lord for his stand. Yeah, and may God raise up some more pastors in that area in Canada and even here in the U.S. Uh, to already be determined that, hey, if that gets, that situation was here, that we would already be determined to take such a stand as uh, Pastor Coates is. And that's Grace Life Church in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Is that a part, is that a mission church from Grace Life Grace Shoals? Life. And muscle shows, yeah, I believe okay. they are affiliated with the same Grace wow. Life Church. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, um, getting into what we're going to be discussing today, uh, talking about in today's podcast is when sheep leave your fold or when church members leave your church, one of the biggest disappointments that uh, you'll have in pastoral ministry is church members leaving. And uh, there's really two great realities that if you are a pastor, you, you better know that's coming is number one, church members will leave. Uh, that's a given. The second thing, the second reality is it will hurt when they leave. And uh, the, the quicker you realize that the, the, the more ready you will be when that happens. But Harold, uh, are there legitimate reasons for church members to leave? Sure. The first is death when you die. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, you, you laugh. Go ahead laugh. But I, I can assure <laughs> you, if you looked at the 15 million Southern Baptists that are on the, on the rolls, you're going to discover that many of those 15 million church members are dead. Yeah. The reason I know that is because when I came to Lee Creek, we had dead members on our church roll. Uh huh. And so uh, th there is a reason, but I have really after death, I have three legitimate reasons, and they all start with D. And the first one is distance. If you move, or if the church closes, you know, if you live too far away to faithfully serve a church, you need to move and find one that you can serve. And sure. so distance is the primary reason why you would leave. I, I, I know people and I would say, where do you go to church? And, and they say, well, I go so-and-so in Dallas, Texas. And I'm like, 
that's five hours from here. Oh, yeah, but I'll always be a member there. No, mm-hmm. you need to leave that church. You're not attending. You need to find a local church. Yeah. The second is doctrine. If a yes. church's doctrine changes, let's say they no longer believe in baptism by immersion, or they no longer believe in in males only holding the pastorate, or they no longer believe in, say, the Trinity, these doctrinal shifts in a church may be reason for the members to, a member to leave, or if the member's doctrine changes. I mean, our church is very clear. If you no longer believe what we all believe, you need to leave because mm-hmm. our church is, is, is solidified in its doctrine. Yes. And then yes. thirdly is debauchery. And uh, I just use debauchery because it's a D word and it helps me remember, helps me remember these three. But if there is open immorality, or Mm -hmm. gross sin going on in the church that is not being addressed or dealt with, you need to find another church. And and the reason for that is we're not perfect churches. We're not perfect people. Everybody in our church, your church, my church, all Christians sin. But Christians don't want to sin. They want to live lives in keeping with what they profess. If you have a pastor that's living in immorality, you need to find another church. Mm-hmm. If, if your pastor will not deal with any of the open immorality in his church, you need to find another church because the church is to be called out, separated, we're to be holy, and if we're not pursuing holiness as a church, you need to find a church that is. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think another reason why there are some legitimate reasons for people to leave a church is because maybe they're receiving spiritual abuse uh, from the pastor. Maybe the pastor is using the pulpit as a weapon and just beating the people Sunday after Sunday, not loving them, not preaching really the word. Um, uh, And so that, that happens a lot, uh, especially maybe in more fundamental independent Baptist churches um, where that's, uh, you know, more, likely to take place, but that would be a, a reason, a legitimate reason to leave the church where you want to find a church where uh, the pastor actually preaches the word of God. Yeah. Uh, but in any case that uh, for any reason why a church member leaves, regardless of the reason, it's kind of like what Pastor Mike Stone said in our last podcast. It's it's really a, a punch in the gut. It hurts. It hurts us as a pastor and, uh, you know, I think there's several reasons why it affects us personally. Um, I think maybe one reason is because sometimes those that leave the church are the ones that we invested in the most. Maybe we helped them out in a, uh, a difficult time in their life and they were going through a struggle and we invested in them you showed great emotion and compassion in their life and we help them. And then their thanks to us is see ya, you know, and that, that hurts. Um, seeing faithful church members. Um, I've had deacons to leave. Um, I've had faithful Sunday school teachers to leave. That is, that is just reality. And another reality is the pain that accompanies those those things. Um, have you dealt with that? And oh, yeah. how do you how do you deal deal with the the pain and the hurt? Well, the pain really to me it stems from uh, the church is referred to as a family or a body, 
And people call me Brother Harold, even though I only have one brother and he's Brian, but I mm-hmm. have a spiritual family. Yes. And it's no different than a family member leaving. And uh, I love my kids to death, you know, and my daughter has got her own place. She's a quarter mile down the road from me. She doesn't live here anymore. She's got her own place. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I love her, and I'm glad she's grown up and moving on with her life and, and becoming a, you know, a young adult. But at the same time, it's, it's a loss. She's not here. She's not right. you know, there all the time. The way to cope with it is just to realize that it is a reality. And it's a reality that at times cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. there is no way to make somebody stay. Right. Uh, there is, and even if nothing's been done wrong, you know, even one of the things that hurts me the most is when people just tell me they're leaving the church because of a feeling or a hunch or, you know, they don't, if I've said something wrong, if I've hurt their feelings, if I've failed in my, my duties as a pastor, I would rather them say, Harold, you didn't do what you were supposed to do and we're leaving is mm-hmm. to say, well, we just feel like it's time to try somewhere else. Uh, yeah. What right. hurts me is I've invested so much time in saying we're not governed by feelings. We're governed by the word of God. We mold and shape our lives according to scripture. And you pour that out for in someone's heart for, you know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And they leave on a hunch. Or what hurts me even worse is they go to a heretical church that believes a false doctrine about about Christ or the gospel, a, a doctrine that you've warned and warned. I mean, Paul said to the church at, at Ephesus, I cease not to warn you night and day with tears. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he knew that yes. some of those elders were going to rise up and pray upon the sheep in the church. And Absolutely. You preach against it, you warn against it, and then you painfully have to watch them go and do it. And and that's what hurts. Yes, and, and it's a hurt that church members do not understand Mm-mm. that the, the church members that leave don't understand the pain that it causes. And the church members who are still in the fold in the church do not understand the heartache and the heartbreak that a pastor goes through when church members leave. And uh, you, you mentioned earlier, one of the reasons to leave a church is through death. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, we as pastors grieve deeply when we lose church members, even through death. And uh, why? Because we love them and, and we, we hurt. Well, the same, same goes for church members who leave for even legitimate reasons and illegitimate reasons. And it maybe even hurts more. Like you say, when they leave to go to uh, a heretical church or have absolutely no biblical grounds for leaving after being taught as to what they should know biblically as to what a, a grounded church is. And so it's, it's just a reality that I've been in the ministry for pastorate for about 20 years now. And it seems like, <laughs> I don't know about you. I've had more churches, church members leave than, than come in. <laughs> so sometimes it is very discouraging and we can get our minds really focused on who has left versus who has come in. And, and, uh, sometimes I can have those Monday blues, uh, you know, as many pastors deal with. 
you know, you mentioned something earlier, and, and I thought it was spot on, and I, I want to elaborate on it a little bit. You said pastors feel the this in a different way than church members. Church members don't understand what a pastor is experiencing when someone leaves. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I've had people ask, well, where's so-and-so at? They hadn't been here in a couple of weeks. And I said, well, they've told me they're looking for another church or they're, they're going to join another church. And they'll say, oh, well, I hate that. I'm going to miss them. But the reason that pastors take it worse is not because we take it personal. It's because pastors are instructed to watch over the congregation. And we Mm -hmm. have to give an account for the congregation. According to Hebrews chapter 13, they watch over your souls. Mm -hmm. This is like nurturing and caring for someone and praying for them and doing this. And now you're being told, okay, they're no longer under your watch. They're going to go to this guy down the road and he's going to watch over them. Yes. And it's a different that the, the church membership does not have that kind of care and oversight of the membership as pastors do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it hurts pastors more than it does just a church member who, ha- you know, I'm going to miss them. Yes. Know? Yeah. It it's very difficult. And, and I've even dealt with situations when, uh, where I was very close to certain church members and had a special relationship with them. Then they left the church for really Ill, illegitimate reasons. But then seeing, seeing them out in public, it's just a very awkward feeling. And my response is always the same. You know, I, uh, I, I try to be as nice and as kind as I possibly can, you know, which is not hard. Uh, we've had people leave our church on bad terms. We've had to excommunicate people for sin and, and different things. And, and I encounter those people, but I encounter them all with the same attitude. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be encouraging to them. I'm going to genuinely ask how they're doing and, and how's things in their life. And I'm going to hope that through my kind actions that they realize, you know, maybe I ought to go back to Lee Creek. This guy seems to genuinely care about me, even when I'm not in his flock. Sure, and, sure. and uh, I, I just I, I strive to do that. I, I don't do it in a fake way. I just make a conscious effort that I'm going to. If there's going to be any charge leveled against Harold Smith, it's not going to be one of he was standoffish and didn't care and opposed us. And you know, I'm just I, I just don't want to. I don't ever want that to be said of me. And it, it can be awkward at times, and mainly. It's mainly awkward because most preachers would just turn and look the other way and act like they didn't see them in the aisle of the grocery store. Right, right. Or I'm going to go yes. up and say, hi, how are you doing? How's your kids? How's your job? You know, I, mm-hmm. that's just the way I'm going to approach people who are former members that have left for one reason or another. Yes. Well, you and I both are small town, small church pastors. And, uh, you know, it, it affects us more than it does a pastor of a mega church who doesn't even really know all of his, his flock. And uh, so that, that makes the aspect of it different that probably uh, the listeners who listen to this podcast can relate to their pastors are more, more than likely pastoring a church a hundred or less. And so they know their sheep, they love them and it hurts when they leave. You know, there's always, I would say signs that a church member is leaving more than likely, most likely. Uh, and it's been my experience that I've not had just faithful church members to be, I mean, just really faithful, really active, 
than just come to my office and say, I'm leaving. Normally there's been signs. And to me, one of the biggest signs is, is that those faithful church members, active church members who regularly attended services became irregular and hit and miss. And you, you know, I raise sheep. I raise literal sheep. And uh, one of the biggest clear signs that I have a sheep that is not feeling well and not doing good is when that sheep starts isolating herself from the rest of the flock. And when she is no longer with the flock, she's staying by herself, something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's a good sign for us as pastors to be looking for when you have church members who are once active, once in the flock, in the church, now they're drifting off. What What's some other signs that, uh, that we need to be looking for? That sporadic attendance. Also, I, I think you see just a lack of participation. Yes. You know, people who used to um, be actively involved in the Wednesday night Bible studies, maybe following along, participating, become just kind of discontented. You know, they, they don't participate. They might show up, but they... You ever seen somebody that was forced to go to something? Oh, yeah. They're going yes. because they have to. Their wife's right. wanting them to go or their husband's wanting them to go. You start seeing that in a family sometimes. Um, but for me, very rarely does someone come to me and say, hey, we're, we're not coming here. Mm-hmm. We're leaving or we're looking for another church. It's usually me reaching out to them going, where have you been? And, and I'm not the guy that – if you want to talk to me, go stay home for a few weeks and I'll come track you down. Sure. Uh, when people ask me, where is so-and-so I'll say, why don't you call them and find out? Yeah. And I try to pawn that out on the congregation so that I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the private investigator trying to figure out what's going on in people's lives. I'm right. the pastor. Yes. And so uh, usually somebody will call and then they will say, well, they're sick or, their dog died or grandma's in toenail came back, you know, whatever the little excuse is. Mm-hmm. But over the course of time, you, you realize, like you said, that they're not coming back and they don't ever tell you that until you confront them. You have to say, well, they said, well, we hadn't been feeling good. You hadn't been feeling good for six weeks. Are you yeah. terminal? I mean, what's going right. on here? Right. Yes. <laughs> Matter of yeah. fact, I had a guy that was gone for three months and I had called him and he wouldn't return my calls. Three months later, he comes walking in the back doors of the church, and I said, man, it's good to see you. And he said, we've been sick, and he grinned real big. Uh, He knew they had been sick for three months. He was just kind of making the old classic excuse that Mm -hmm. they had stayed away. And I I don't really think it's like a sign. It's it's hard to diagnose symptoms. People are moody. Sometimes they, they seem upset. Sometimes they seem unsatisfied, you know. I don't get too carried away unless someone's been gone for a month. You know, if yeah. I haven't seen them in a month, I'm calling them and trying to figure out what's going on. But I, I can't be the, the record keeper of who's here and who's not. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking about that, with this COVID situation, this pandemic situation, I, I know of church members um, that are really not coming because I'm not strict enough on forcing and making people wear masks 
and social distancing and all of those things. I ask people to use, let your conscience lead you as to what you feel is best. I'm not going to force you to do anything. And so some church members have stayed away. Um, I, I know, and you know, church, some church members of other churches that have visited your church because the church that they attend is too strict on those issues. Um, how, how do you justify that or, you know, dealing health with this and, pandemic? Health and safety is not in the reasons for not attending church. Mm-hmm. Um, I said distance. You're too far away to faithfully attend. Um, the early church went to church, gathered together at risk of life and limb. Yeah, They were actually arrested and imprisoned for attending a service. That means to me that I can risk catching a virus, a flu, a COVID. I could risk the plague to attend church. Mm-hmm. So you ought to be going. If you need to put on a NASA spacesuit and bring your own oxygen tank and sit on the back row, yeah, do so. I, we're not going to say you can't do that. Right, right. We're not going to mandate that everyone else do what you think they should do. And so right, right. these are just excuses not to come. And, and I rate those excuses with we don't like the music. Our kids don't like the youth group. Uh, your last sermon hurt my feelings. You didn't call grandma when she was in the hospital. I mean, there's really no limit to the amount of excuses you can make not to attend. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it really goes back to the, the, if you cannot attend the church you're in, you need to find one that you can attend. Yes. Right or wrong. Right. You've got to go somewhere. And you're right. We've had a number of people show up at Lee Creek in the last couple of months who just said, look, our church is just so prohibitive with the, the COVID measure. We can't worship there, you know? Um, and so, you know, there again, that, that goes back to those changes in doctrine and changes in distance and different things like that. But to use it as an excuse just not to go forever, mm-hmm. there are reasons not to have church. We didn't have church Sunday before last because we had a foot of snow on the ground. Right. But, but we're not going to do that for a year. Sure. You know, and um, I don't know. I, I it's just such a strange time. I think before the COVID dust settles, a lot of people are going to have to change churches because a lot of churches are going to close. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of churches that just do not survive this. Basically, we're coming up on a year-long layoff. Yes, yes. And, and they're not going to survive, and those people are going to need to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and my advice is to find one that is close to you, that you can easily attend, that agrees with your doctrine, that is pursuing a holy life and unite yourself to it and let them hold you accountable to faithfully attend and serve there. And if you're going to leave, just tell your pastor, Hey, look, I'm going to leave. And it's because you're an idiot or it's because I'm an idiot. Just be honest about it. Right. I don't like what you said, or I've just got some selfish superficial reasons and I want to change. Just be honest. Your pastor will understand you better. If you just go to him and say, we don't like it here because you repainted the sanctuary and we don't like light blue. Yes. And you know how, how rude it is to not answer a phone call from, from a pastor or a text. I've had 
church members do that recently who left, but they will not answer their phone. They won't answer their text. You know that they're seeing them. Uh, that, that is so wrong on so many levels. And, uh, that, that's not a Christian response. As no, brothers and sisters no. in Christ, we shouldn't, just because we want to go to a different body of believers, doesn't mean that we should isolate or not respond to those who we were just previously covenanted with. Right, right. Uh, it, and that really goes back to why people leave. If you're leaving and you can't tell anybody why you're leaving, you're probably leaving for the wrong terms, mm-hmm. for the wrong reasons. I Absolutely. remember I remember the last two churches I was a member of. I left one church and went to another. And I went and told the pastor, I said, we're leaving, and here's why. And he said, well, I really wish you would stay. And I said, well, are, are you prepared to fix this problem? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, no, I can't fix that problem. I said, do you agree it is a problem? And he said, yes, it is a problem, and it, it needs to be fixed, but I can't fix it. And I said, okay, then we're going to have to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to the other church. Of course, I ended up surrendering to pastor there. And it's the same way with, I think, with leaving a church if you're the pastor. If you're doing what the Lord's called you to do and he called you to be there, you know, and unless your doctrine changes, their doctrine changes, or they just can't stomach you anymore and they kick you out for wrong reasons, right or wrong reasons, you should stay there until the Lord moves you somewhere else and makes it plainly Absolutely. clear. Absolutely. Do you have any church hoppers in your area, people that have been a member of just about every church in Bologna? Absolutely. County? Sadly, that's how most churches grow anymore. It's not that there's folks just getting saved. It's folks who are leaving one church and joining this church and they'll stay there for a while and they'll go to the newest and greatest church that's in the, in the area. Yeah, we, we have that a lot. And, um, you know, what I try to do as a pastor is try to identify those who are church hoppers and say, Hey, um, that's not what we want here. And we, we want you to be engaged here. We want you to be active here. And um, here's what we believe. And that's a key thing that I've learned as, as being more experienced and more time in the ministry is to really show them the, the statement of faith, what you hold to as a church and say, hey, when you join this church, this is what I believe as a pastor. This is what our church upholds to. And uh, that can keep uh, this uh, joining and then not very long after joining, leaving the church because I didn't know y'all believe that. So, yeah. Yeah. I've told people all along, we don't have like a waiting period per se official. We just ask people to come and attend our services for a few months and we leave it at a few months. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be two, it could be three, it could be four, depending on how much they attend. Usually within that time frame, they will go, you know, this was pretty neat when I first came, but I don't want to hear this every Sunday. Right. Or, you know, I really like this, but this one doctrine is a deal breaker for me. Mm -hmm. And so I found if you slow down the front door, you don't have to use the back door nearly as often. Yes. And it's not, and and here's a, and this is something we probably ought to do a podcast on in the future. The church is not open to the public. We want the public to attend, but it is open to God's people. Mm -hmm. And you're not allowed just to come in off the street and disrupt what we're doing. Right. Bring your doctrine in and proclaim it among our people. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a, the church is the called out. We're a group. You're welcome to come and, and dwell among us, but you have to play by our rules. 
Yes. And uh, I think what we've done in today's society is we've tried so hard to reach people and appeal to everybody. And we're just thrilled if anybody shows up that we just take anybody on any terms, Mm -hmm. under any conditions, you just all come. And that's not what the early church did. And that's definitely not what the church in the 21st century should do. That's right. That is right. Well, um, before we end this podcast, why don't you tell us again of the uh, conference that you're going to be have hosting at your church uh, this, this Saturday? It's the Steel Waters Conference. And like I said, this is kind of a little ministry, just an informal thing that, that I and Lee Creek do. We try to find churches that can't find pastors. So if you know of a church in your area, Baptist church or something similar to a Baptist, that's struggling to find a pastor, People will reach out to me and they'll say, Harold, there's a church in our area. They can't find a pastor or they're too small. Nobody wants to go there. I'll call around to some churches I know maybe in that county and see if we have some preachers available, either retired pastors or young preachers that need a place. And we'll try to fix them up with a preacher that at least will occupy their pulpit until they find somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll make recommendations on who to get. I mean, we don't take over the church. We just want to help them find the pastor they need. Yes. And so once a year, we hold a conference where we talk about what we've done in the last year. We hear a couple of sermons. And this year, Keith Basham of uh, Huntington Community Church uh, will be preaching on the need for a biblical pastor and or the need for, yeah, the need for a biblical pastor in every church. And Michael Sanchez of Bloomer Baptist will be preaching on the need for a biblical church in every town. Mm. And then we'll have a big lunch right there in the middle. I'm cooking barbecue, so we'll have some pulled pork and coleslaw and baked beans and smoked sausages, and it's all free. And then after lunch, we'll come back and uh, have question and answer, and these guys will take questions, and uh, we'll discuss some topics facing the church. We'll dismiss at 1 o'clock. So that's Saturday, February the 27th from 9 to 1 at Lee Creek Baptist Church in Van Buren. Awesome. Now, is the those sermons going to be on your sermon audio page? They will be on Lee Creek Baptist Sermon Audio page. Great. And uh, we try to hold this conference usually around the last weekend of February on a Saturday. It's a one-day conference. And uh, it basically, we're just trying to get more and more people to let us know of churches that need need preachers. And mm-hmm. it's becoming common in a lot of Baptist associations for them to take a small church, maybe a troubled church, and say, hey, look, you guys just need to close. Yes. You know, y'all are not doing any good. You're, nobody wants to go here. Just close your church and give us the keys, and we'll sell your building and give all the money to missions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the opinion we don't need to close a church. We just need to provide a biblical pastor to proclaim the Word of God faithfully because change comes from the Word of God. That's right. And if somebody is in a pulpit, in a community, in a church, preaching Sunday after Sunday God's Word as it's written, we're expecting that church to turn around and change. We're expecting Mm -hmm. people in that community to be converted. Yes. And um, anyways, that's that's what we strive to do. And we've done it in a couple of instances, and uh, we're still trying to do it. And, you know, this I, I don't know anybody in Illinois, but I know people in and around Arkansas, Oklahoma, you know, areas where I actually know preachers. That's mm-hmm. pretty much where we, we try to focus this. Very good. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening to this episode, and we, we could have talked another 30 minutes easy on this subject. 
And uh, but we pray that it's a blessing and a help to all of you who are listening. May the Lord bless you.